Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Well, there might be some a lot of yawns and some, you know, kind of heavy eyes this week from people involved in the legislature because there's been some late nights and early mornings at the Texas Capitol. If you're new to the show, we talk a bit about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And this is a weekly show for the state of Texas. And right now, we're really at the last day, sort of getting up to the last days of the state legislative session for the state of Texas. 140 days, or I think we're under 30 days now, probably two to three weeks left. And so a lot's happening at the Texas Capitol. That means they're going to be there as long as they can when there are priority bills to get passed. So along with me on the ride here today is Jonathan Covey, Director of Policy for Texas Values, and also Policy Advisor, Mayor Elizabeth Castle. And I'm going to kick the show off and go about halfway through, and then the members of my team are going to finish the rest as I've got a little uh, change in my schedule. So I'm going to be on for about half of this segment, but we want to bring you some important updates. Um, and look, if you're watching on Facebook, social media, like this uh, video, share it, put it on a group. Let's get some more traffic on it, if you will, because a lot of important information. As I mentioned, we're coming up on some deadlines. As a matter of fact, the House has got some important deadlines uh, for legislation getting passed. If, you're, if your bill's already passed the Senate, you're in a better position but look, I mean, and really, you've got to pay attention this time of year, too, because things start moving so quickly. A lot of bills start moving quickly as well, and things can get missed. And so, but look, we have people at the Capitol every day of the state legislative session. I've been doing this work since 2007, so hopefully I've learned something, and I've been able to figure out where, you know, things might slip through the cracks, but you never know. So you got to double and triple check. And so, but um, I'm going to start with our director of policy, Jonathan Covey. Because we have an important update, actually, uh, on a couple of things. Number one, about a committee hearing that's happening and also about an alert on some important legislation on faith and family that's important for that you could be doing action on right now and something that's happened next week. Uh, Mr. Covey, let's first start with the Freedom to Worship Act. So just a, uh, a really a breaking update. That's House Bill 1239. It's already passed the House. It's been over in the Senate waiting on a hearing, and I think it's scheduled for hearing coming up on Monday. Yeah, you're exactly right, Jonathan, and it's um, exciting. We do have uh, word now that uh, HB 1239 has been set in Senate State Affairs for a hearing on Monday. I believe that's May 10th, uh, and so we'll be having another hearing uh, talking about how churches are essential not only to uh, not only to the mental health of Texans and individuals, but also to the spiritual health, and they provide critical services. Um, and, and we saw, you remember, Jonathan, we saw during the early days of the pandemic where um, churches were were in many ways shut down by local jurisdictions for not being able uh, not being able to meet. They had to either meet out, outdoors or not able to meet at all and do things by Zoom. So this bill will say that, uh, you know, we have the freedom to worship. Churches are essential, and they're they're here. They're an important part of our lives and our and our religious freedom. And this bill is is uh, moving forward in a direction that's really encouraging. Well, and I'm going to try to see if I can do a screen share. And it looks like it's going to be uh, at one o'clock. If I can do my screen share here on one o'clock on Monday, you can see the official posting here. And there are a variety of bills that are going to be heard. You can see 
1239, it looks like is number four kind of on the list. They don't always go in that order, but that's how they're listed in a few other bills uh, that people may have an interest in and uh, be supportive of. But this is a House bill that's now over in the Senate, so it's sort of halfway home. And if you remember, there was a Senate hearing on the Senate version of this bill. We want to get into all that. But at this point, it looks like this is probably the bill. We're going to have an opportunity to protect churches so the government can't shut them down, whether it's during a pandemic or other um, disaster situations or really any setting. And that's the protection we need. So churches don't have to be fearful of that. And I want to come back to you in just a minute, uh, Mr. Covey, Jonathan Covey, to talk about some other family legislation that we're still trying to get out of the House. But before I do that, I want to talk with Mary Elizabeth Castle from our team because there's a huge victory this week that's caused us to, you know, be a little bit uh, low on sleep, but for good reason for some of the work that's been done. Big victory on a life issue that is, I don't know, one step away from the governor's desk. Mary Elizabeth, what's the update on the heartbeat bill on the life front? Well, we passed the biggest pro-life bill we have passed probably in the history of the Texas legislature, and that's the Texas heartbeat bill. Uh, you've heard us talk about it a lot. It was a huge feat, but we're very grateful that this bill was passed, and it'll protect so many lives. You've heard it before that there's still about 56,000 or even more abortions that are still committed in Texas every year. This will definitely close that gap and save those babies' lives. So it was passed on uh, Wednesday, I believe, on final reading. Um, and we're just very grateful for Representative Shelby Slauson being courageous and carrying this bill uh, for being on the House floor. Of course, you know, it did face, you know, debate. Uh, there are some people who are still pro-choice in the state and it's become more of a party issue, but we're just so grateful that so many people stood up for life. In fact, it was 83 votes um, on the final vote in favor of the Texas heartbeat bill. And you've already seen that the governor has tweeted, I think at least twice on this issue. So it has a lot of support for it being signed into law. And we know that this bill is a good law. Like once it becomes law, it will stay law because it's not like other heartbeat bills in other states that are being enjoined. Uh, it is different because of something technical called a civil enforcement as opposed to a government actor. But we're very grateful that this bill is very unique and it'll be law. And you know, it might be the very bill that challenges Roe v. Wade in the Supreme Court. So we're just happy that we're one step closer uh, to protecting all life, uh, all babies in Texas. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can pull up this tweet from Governor Abbott, if I can get uh, my share screen to work here so people watching on social media can see it. Hopefully I'll share the right screen. This looks like great news, says the Governor Abbott. The heartbeat bill received final passage in the Texas House one step closer to my desk. Can't wait to sign it. Thank you, Senator Brian Hughes and Representative Shelby Slauson for your leadership. She did a great job. I mean, Shelby Slauson, because the focus this week was on the House, because the bill's already passed the Senate. Shelby Slauson, she's the author of the heartbeat bill in the House. There was some really interesting exchanges, but at the end of the day, there, there was a majority of support there. We did a number of interviews on this issue, and it's clear that, I mean, you continue to see public opinion um, really move in this direction, supportive of life. But I think it's a simple concept, right? As you mentioned, Mary Elizabeth, we're talking about a heartbeat, a universal indicator of life. And I think that allowed people to say, wait a minute, a baby has a heartbeat? I think we should be protecting it. I mean, and I think that's what we saw play out a lot on the debate on this bill. We're not done yet. 
Mayor Elizabeth, but I do think that's been a key thing. And a lot of women, and not to get into the women versus man issue all that much, but the left will make a lot of that, and pro-abortions will make a lot of that and say, well, you know, we need to do what women think on this issue. There were a lot of women, a lot of young women that were very vocal of their support um, on this bill. I mean, not only people like Abby Johnson, but a lot of young folks, a lot of college students that testified in support of this legislation. And let me grab this here. All right, so we're excited about that. And there were a couple of tweaks made to the bill in the Senate. And now, it, excuse me, in the House. So it'll go back to the Senate. And we imagine that they'll accept those changes. One was making it clear, and I have to at least bring this up because I think the media is probably going to you know, stir the pot a little bit on this, uh, suggesting that a rapist could file a lawsuit against the abortion provider um, um, who performs an abortion uh, on the woman that's the victim of the rape if, if um, there was a a ch uh, child born of that process or a woman becomes pregnant, uh, that would not have been allowed. But as far as uh, things go in the law, you're not allowed to capitalize on something that, or, or you, the person that creates uh, a criminal act is not then allowed to sue in civil litigation. But the law, there was an amendment put on there to make it absolutely clear that that would not be allowed because that was asked several times. And that makes a lot of sense because that's not something that we were looking to do or, or supporters of the bill. But the important thing is now it's in a position it's not going to be close to some of these deadlines where it makes it easier for the other side to somehow uh, capitalize or take advantage of that and slow the process down or, you know, God forbid, um, not get a chance to vote on it. But I do think there was at least one Democrat in the House and I know one Democrat in the Senate. So you um, could make the, the statement that bipartisan support on this issue and uh, look, that's been really the top pro-life priority for Texas values for this session. So we're looking forward, as the governor says, for that bill to come to his desk very soon. I want to go back to Jonathan Covey, another bill that we've been working on that still got a little ways to go, but is uh, still has time, is a bill related to the issue of gender modification by Representative Matt Krause. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Jonathan. So look, so as we as we get closer into the end of session, and a lot of people know this, but you... Uh, session is five months long, right? So you, you start getting into May and you start hitting constitutional deadlines. You'll hit a deadline this coming Monday, Monday, May 10th, is where House bills are required to be out of calendars and they're required to be on the floor of the House. That's the last day that, that House bills can do that. And so uh, so as we get into that, that point, um, once we get past that, bills start dying uh, especially on the House side, Senate, Senate bills get a little bit longer uh, for some various rulemaking reasons. Uh, but 1399 is the gender modification uh, ban for minors bill that Representative Krauss filed, like you said, Jonathan. And basically uh, what it does is it protects kids from harmful um, gender modification procedures that defy biological reality things that where they, they're trying to um, affirm their, their, their gender, uh, when in reality, kids are getting hurt. And, 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 it, and it also has to do with uh, hormone treatments as well. And this bill is currently in calendars committee and it will be going, uh, we're, we're wanting it to get out of calendars committee and to be able to get to the floor, but it has to do that by Monday. And I don't know if you remember, but recently in uh, Texas, there was a custody battle that took place over a young boy whose mother wanted uh, him to transition, that was the James Younger case, to a girl uh, beginning with puberty blockers at eight years old. Um, and there was counseling and testimony from his father 
And um, then they determined that this boy didn't truly suffer from gender dysphoria. And then since then, research has proven that the effects of, of like drugs and medications like puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones are not risk-free and they're not reversible and they can have devastating effects on children. In fact, uh, puberty blockers have been shown to have long-lasting negative effects uh, such as like reduced bone density, delayed, uh, br delayed brain development, things like that. So this bill would protect minors against those types of situations. And this is an incredibly important bill for uh, the children in Texas. And so we, we are encouraging folks to get out and to contact calendars as well and try to get this bill going because we have a very small space of time before this bill falls short of constitutional deadlines. Well, look, and, and I'm gonna let the two of y'all carry the show for the rest of the way, but I think what would be important uh, as we focus on the second half of the show, because there's several bills, some of them are coming out in our action alert, our weekly email, some there'll be updates on social media, but um, walk our listeners through just a reminder how to get in touch with people, the significance of it, the timing, and really the importance in what we've seen uh, with, with having that presence on the ground, or even if people are going to send in emails or whatever. Um, but I think one thing we've got in our email is uh, a link to the legislative training. So I'd love for y'all to talk a little bit more about that as y'all uh, finish out the show and focus on some of the function side of how people can continue to be engaged for the next two or three weeks and why that's important and why there's still time for a lot of bills to get passed. It's not over yet. Well, look, absolutely, Jonathan. And you know, this uh, is a this is something that we've been working on the last couple of days, knowing that this deadline is coming up. We put together a list to reach out to uh, a number of a number of calendar committee members to talk with them about uh, a few bills on our list of religious freedom and pro-family and pro-faith bills that really need to get moved along in this process before they die. And I'll let Mary Elizabeth talk about uh, Senator Donna Campbell's Bill 650 in a moment, but I wanted to talk really quickly about uh, HB 1424. This is the Physician Conscience Protection Bill by Representative Tom Oliverson. And um, it, uh, like a lot of other religious freedom bills, this talks about uh, establishing a physician or a healthcare provider's right to object to certain non-emergency medical procedures on the grounds that, that the procedure violates uh, that providers, like that could be a doctor, could be a nurse or another, another healthcare provider's ethical or moral or religious beliefs. And this is something that we've seen in the past as well, where we have uh, medical providers who, who may potentially be asked to do certain um, quote unquote gender modification procedures and it goes against their ethical beliefs or their moral beliefs. They don't want to participate in, in these things. And, and, and it always has to do with procedures that are elective procedures, not, not procedures having to do with medical uh, emergencies or emergency medical treatment. And these are procedures where the doctors say, you know, this, this goes against my moral beliefs or my religious beliefs to get into these procedures. And so um, they stand the, the chance here in Texas currently of being liable for not performing those procedures. So this bill would come in and would say uh, physicians and, and nurses and healthcare providers are protected 
and, and they're not required to do these things and they're, they're exempt from liability if they say they're doing this on, um, in, as an exemption for their moral or their sincerely held religious beliefs. So it's an excellent bill and we're asking calendars committee to move it forward um, for, before Monday for the deadline and we'd ask people to get out and talk to their calendar members about HB 1424 by Representative Tom Oliverson. Uh, like I mentioned uh, a moment ago too, SB 650 is a, uh, a pro-life bill and I'll let Mary Elizabeth touch a little bit on the background of that as well. You may remember last session, we really tackled on the issue of taxpayer dollars going to abortion providers and abortion services. So you remember the story uh, not too long ago when Austin City Council was renting a building uh, to the Eastside Planned Parenthood for $1 a year for a period of 20 years. And that's what sparked the interest of a bill last session to prevent taxpayer dollars, you know, dollars that you pay uh, for these expensive housing situations and sometimes even renting situations, especially on the east side of Dallas, preventing those dollars going against your beliefs, going toward abortion. Uh, and so that bill was passed successfully last session. However, Austin City Council decided to get cheeky. And so instead of just sending the money to the abortion provider itself or to send it to abortion itself, they said, let's give it to abortion-related services or logistical services. And so they had a series of city council meetings where they said, we'll just give money to uh, rides to abortion. We'll give gift baskets for women who are trying to get abortions. We'll even provide for a hotel room because giving money to those things isn't you know, covered under this law that was just passed. And so after that, we even had Austin ISD, who actually uh, said, if we can't use Planned Parenthood's uh, curriculum, then we can use some other abortion provider outside of the country uh, to provide sex ed curriculum. Well, this time we're straightening up that loophole that we found. So we're clearly defining abortion provider, uh, making sure that it's any abortion provider and it doesn't have to be in the state of Texas. So that solves the Austin ISD sex ed curriculum rule. And it also covers any logistical or assisted services. So you can't just say as a city council, we're going to have the taxpayer dollars go to Uber rides to an abortion or a gift basket for an abortion, or even the organization that Austin City Council chose, which was, excuse me, James Due Process, um, which is an organization that provides legal funds to underage girls to get abortion, um, which is actually against Texas law, but they do something where they manipulate the um, judicial bypass uh, you know, mechanism. So we have that law, uh, it's SB 650 by Senator Donna Campbell. She's bringing back that issue to tighten up the loopholes uh, to make sure you can't give taxpayer dollars to logistical services. And in the House, we had HB 1173 by Representative Candy Noble. However, uh, since the Senate version is working faster, uh, it's already over to the House. It'll be SB 650. That's the bill that you want to contact people about so that it can be set on the calendar to be heard on the House floor so we can get it closer to the governor's desk. So we really want that bill passed uh, to make sure we tighten up that loophole and make sure that taxpayer dollars don't go to anything abortion related.
Thanks, Mary Elizabeth. It's a very important bill. And another very important bill that we're contacting calendars about, and you can write these down, it is Senate Bill 581. It's a bill by Senator Paul Betancourt, and it talks about uh, regulating uh, property owners associations on religious displays. And at the core, what this bill is really doing is it's essentially fixing what amounts to a ban on religious speech by some HOAs. There was a law passed a few sessions ago having to do with HOAs and being able to regulate certain things. Well, this, was, this has begun to be, be misinterpreted by certain HOAs uh, to mean that they can, to think that they can regulate um, a person expressing their religious view or, uh, or their speech on their own property. And this has become a su substantial burden on homeowners and the religious freedom laws that we have, not only in the state of Texas, but also uh, the federal religious freedom laws say that, uh, that this kind of restriction has to have a compelling state interest, uh, which it doesn't. So this bill, which we think is well-crafted, um, puts into statute in Texas protecting homeowners so that they can display things like nativity scenes on their lawn or a wreath on their door or a menorah, uh, different religious uh, expressions or displays, and that homeowners associations can't come in and say, no, you may not uh, display this on your front lawn or no, you may not display this on your front door. SB 581, it is currently in calendars, in uh, House Calendars Committee and waiting to be set for floor action as well. So uh, that's another bill. And then our last bill on that list was SB 394. And this is a bill by uh, Senator Lucio relating to um, chemical, a chemical ban on abortions. And it puts into place some regulations that are currently in rule on uh, regulating uh, chemical abortions in Texas. And it, and it, really, um, it really codifies a, um, a standard that says that you can't use chemical abortions in Texas and you can't use certain, uh, certain types of um, medications or drugs. So this is, this is a pro-life bill as well. And so we're, we're urging the calendars committee to set these bills, 1399, SB 650, HB 1424, SB 581, and SB 394 um, for floor action coming uh, Monday, May 10th is the deadline uh, for that as well. And as we kind of um, start wrapping up uh, some, of the, uh, some of the latter part of this show, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about being engaged because we say this a lot at Texas Values, but government belongs to those who show up. And if you are uh, interested in being a part of what's going on at the Capitol in making a difference, for, uh, for Texas and for conservative values, for Texas values, um, reaching out or giving your representative or your senator a call is an extremely important thing to do. And it has a, an incredible impact. As a, as, a, as a former legislative staffer, I can tell you, I, I worked for a legislative office or actually two legislative offices, one in the House, one in the Senate for many years. And we, we were um, especially attentive to when our constituents would call because we represent our constituents and we want our constituents 
to um, to be heard. That's why uh, the re the elected official is uh, is elected and is currently in the House or in the Senate. So uh, it's very important that you reach out, you call, or you write your elected officials. Um, and if you're not sure who your elected officials are, you can go on to txvalues.org. We have a, um, a finder where you can put in your address. You can find out who your elected official is so that you can, uh, you can reach out and, uh, and call them or talk to them. Also writing letters and praying for them as well. And, this, and, and, and probably praying is e even more important, but staying engaged on those levels is just incredibly uh, important. And also, if you're interested in maintaining a closer contact with our policy team and with what's going on in particular with some of the, uh, with some of the floor fights uh, on the House or in uh, motions in the Senate or bills moving in general, what you can do is go to um, and text TX values to uh, 797979. And this will set you up on your on your smartphone with alerts that you can get from us, text alerts, when bills are moving, when things, when things that you need to know for uh, conservative issues, faith, family, and freedom issues are coming up in the legislature, we'll send out a text alert. You can get it on your phone. So it's very handy. You text TX values to 797979, and you'll be able to get those and sign up for those text alerts as well. And we're uh, getting close to the end of our show, but as always, we're so grateful for uh, all of your support, for everything that you, uh, all the times that you've logged on to listen to us or you're listening to us over the radio, all of our Facebook, uh, Facebook friends and, and, and our live viewers support as well. And we will continue to fight for faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And, um, and we hope that you have a wonderful and great afternoon.